My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Today's episode of Fairway Rollin' brought to you, as always, by our good friends at Callaway Golf. Jack and Barbara Nicholas have initiated the Play Yellow campaign, trying to raise $100 million in five years for children's hospitals. Callaway has joined this awesome cause. If you buy one dozen of their yellow ERC balls with triple track alignment technology between now and May the 31st, $4 of every purchase will go to the Children's Miracle Network in connection with this Play Yellow campaign. Go get yourself a dozen of these very cool yellow ERC balls and do a good deed while you're at it. While we're here, also want to tell you about Pierre Henry. Do you own dress socks? Do they often roll down to your ankles? Well, Pierre Henry, a Harvard-based startup, is revolutionizing the dress sock industry by making comfortable socks that actually stay up. Not to mention they come in several trendy designs and have over 705 star reviews as a special offer for fairway rolling listeners. You can get 20% off any order when you visit www.phsocks.com and use the coupon code fairway. That's www.phsocks.com code fairway. Hello, friends, and welcome to this golf podcast, unlike any other. Yeah, we have done it. Oh, my birdie buddies, welcome to another exciting episode of Fairway <laughs> The new golf podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, presented to you, as always, by our awesome friends at Callaway Golf. I am your starter, Joe House. What an episode today. We are very lucky to have as a guest 
the first female president of the PGA of America. Susie Whaley is on to help us with a preview of the upcoming PGA Championship at Bethpage Black, as well as a great discussion on the state of the golf industry. Of course, Megan Schuster, Schuster is on. We got some great social this week. Uh, Max Homa, what a homie. Great job winning the Wells Fargo, but he's also super duper on the Twitters. And... Of course, Verno is on. We're going to talk about the upcoming Byron Nelson tournament. Give out a pick or two for that. And always talking about this week in Tiger Woods. But let's get on the tee. That first tee is open and Susie Whaley can hit the ball right down the middle. I'm very eager to get going with this conversation. All right. Now on the tee, ladies and gentlemen, from Cromwell, Connecticut and Palm Beach Gardens, Florida, Recognized in 2019 as one of golf's top 100 teachers in America, the director of instruction for the country club at Marisol in Palm Beach Gardens, also the PGA director of instruction for Susie Whaley Golf in Cromwell, Connecticut. She is the first woman ever elected to serve as an officer of the PGA of America. She is the PGA president and a PGA master professional. Welcome to Susie Whaley. All right, welcome to the show, Susie Whaley. Thank you so much for coming on today. Ah, It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So I want to start with, I know we're taking time away from something, so we appreciate (laughs) you carving out a little bit of a a window for us to do a, a little bit of podcasting. What what would you be doing otherwise right now if it wasn't uh, getting on the, the line with me? I, you know, I drove home last night, got home about 2 in the morning from our PGA Professional Championship up in Bluffton, South Carolina, and uh, I would be on the lesson tee right now. <laughs> okay. Well, so I, I promise I have probably uh, an hour and a half worth of questions here. But I, I can't, uh, in good conscience, keep you away from, from the lesson T. So we'll, we're going to keep this concise. Uh, uh, okay. So you, you mentioned the lessons T. You are the uh, PGA Director of Instruction at the Country Club at Marisol. That is one of your full-time jobs. You're also, yes. as I went through the credentials, you know, the, the, the president of the uh, uh, PGA of America. Um, Talk you 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 moved down to Florida to to take this job at Marisol, right? No, we already had a place down here. Our children were born down here, and uh, we raised them in Connecticut. My husband long ago was the director of golf at Ibis Golf and Country Club, which is uh, just outside outside Palm Beach Gardens, and and we love it here. Um, so we have a place here, and uh, my you know job requirements uh, at the PG of America. I, I wasn't afforded the opportunity as much as I would have liked to to coach and and teach based on my travel schedule. But I knew that my winter season uh, afforded me that opportunity. So um, as my husband calls it, a little um, out of my mind, I, I took another job. <laughs> and, um, I took the director of instruction job at Mirasol because uh, it's you know the lesson key for me, coaching for me. It really is a great joy. I, I find great satisfaction in it. It's kind of my respite, and uh, I love it. So um, I took that job uh, last summer to start uh, in October and uh, have had just a wonderful season uh, at Mearsall. And were you teaching before that? 
Yes, yeah, I teach full time up in Connecticut uh, as well, and um, you know, this particular year we've decided to spend uh, the entire year in Florida. We made that decision a couple weeks ago, but um, I still do a ton of uh, corporate instruction through my company, Susie Whaley Golf. I represent a resort in the Dominican Republic called Casa de Campo, where oh, wow. I do a lot of events, uh, junior programming down there. I do women's events down there, uh, pro-ams. Uh, down in Dominican uh, during the summer months, and then uh, have a great women's event coming up uh, in December down there. So um, yeah, I definitely keep busy. I have no problem doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that was that was a mouthful. That that all by itself is its own full time job. That's a you know eighty hour a week um, job. How are you juggling PGA executive uh, ambassador for the game in the instruction um, as as well as you know being a mom. Yeah, you know, I think you know, we, my husband and I laugh about it a little bit. My husband's a PGA professional as well. And, and I remember uh, years ago when my children were very little, stating how incredibly busy I was. <laughs> you know? yeah. I, I think about it now and I say, wow, you know, um, I know I'm really busy. But uh, for me, it's just my DNA. It's my personality. I, I get more done the busier I am. I, I love my uh, work for the PGA of America. I am proud to be a part of that as my husband's a member, as I said, uh, you know, to give back to a membership that does what I do every day, and, and I understand that, and I um, I certainly don't have the same job as all our PGA professionals have, but I understand uh, the trials and the challenges and the joy and the passion and uh, the playing competitively part of it, and so for me, it's, it's a joy to do that job, and um, while it's a lot, you know, it's just about managing priorities and making sure that um, you have teams around you that, that are incredible support systems. Yeah, so you um, became the first female officer of the organization in 2014. So you had a good sort of run up and preview of what this job might look like, might feel like. And you joined the PGA of America, what, 18, 19 years ago? 2001, I became a member. Right. So so what made you want to join the PGA of America in the first place? <laughs> I always laugh when I get this question because I think my answer is probably very different than what people expect. But uh, I had come off the LPGA tour and, and then um, got into teaching uh, with Jim Flick uh, at yeah. Ibis, where my husband was working at the time, and really fell in love with it and joined the LPGA uh, teaching and coaching division initially uh, because I had two young daughters. And at the time, the requirements for the PGA for the hour work week, I, I wasn't meeting it. And mm. so I joined the LPGA first. They've, they've changed that since then. And, um, and I was watching my husband play in competitive events uh, on a weekly basis through the PGA of America and the LPGA at the time in the teaching division only afforded me a section championship and a national championship, which was great. Um, but I love to play competitive golf. I still love to play competitive golf. And, and I was jealous. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I would complain about it often, and uh, as my husband typically does, uh, he says, "You know, if you're going to complain about it, you got to get involved." And uh, so I joined, and that's honestly uh, how my career in the PGA of America started. Is because I wanted to play more competitive golf and and beat my husband candidly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mentioned you were the first female officer uh, of the organization in 2014, and now. Um, you were elected president at the end of 2018, and yeah, I, I'm going to say this, so it's a little tongue-in-cheek, um, but I'm interested in your perspective on, you know, what took so long? What took so long for the organization to finally, you know, uh, 
recognize the contribution and value of um, women to the game? Oh, come on. It was only a hundred years. <laughs> you know, um, you know I, I could tell you this. We uh, at the association, uh, we're, we're faced with a challenge. We, uh, we are faced with a challenge uh, with women's, women in the game. We're faced with challenge and women uh, in our membership. And, and certainly we want more women in the workforce of the game. We're an $84 billion industry. Um, and, you know, we want women to know that this industry is for them, whether they play golf or don't play golf, uh, there's a place for them within our industry. Um, so for us, those, those are the challenges we're currently intentionally trying to address. And uh, for me, when, when I became an officer um, of the association, it was a progression that really for me was very organic. I joined a committee uh, when I first became a member because I was interested in communications and I thought that sounded great. I met some incredible role models and mentors and, and future employers through that opportunity and through playing the game. And, and that kind of morphed into being asked to be on another committee and, and then another committee. And I found my experience through that so incredible as far as helping my own personal business um, really establishing a brand, uh, learning from those who had been in the business a very long time that um, I, I just loved it. And, and that's how I progressed uh, within the chairs uh, to become an officer of the association and found great joy in that. You know, now today, you know, we're constantly striving to get um, more women, not only as members, but as leaders. And so we started a, a group called PGA Lead, which is intentional to get uh, women and uh, people from different cultural backgrounds to have training and mentoring and, and guidance uh, in the leadership process. And we're excited that we now have uh, officers uh, throughout the country that, that have come out of PGA lead in hopes of there'll be far more on our national board of directors and, and someday sitting in my chair. Yeah. So that's uh, I interesting. Uh, one of the things I wanted to make sure that we covered you as the face of the organization and a new face uh, not a face like, you know, the, the, the past presidents of the organization. Um, my demo, you know, the, the, the middle-aged white dude, we're covered. We've got that in, in spades uh, in, in the we game of golf. That. Yeah, we've got that one covered. H how can we make the game more accessible, more interesting to faces that don't look like mine? Yeah, you know, I'm excited about our current data uh, that just came out because, you know, we're – PGA professionals across the country have asked themselves that question. This isn't new for us. We've been asking right. that question for 20 years, not because it's the right thing to do, obviously, with one out of four people in this country uh, being from a culturally diverse background. Um, and that's, that's gone way, way down from where it used to be. Um, so, so we know that this is the right thing to do, but it's also good for business. And our PGA professionals uh, every day are out in the workforce. Uh, trying to grow the game, trying to invite people to the game, trying to make the game look more like the communities that they serve. And our PK professionals on their ground giving, you know, charitable dollars back to those local communities. Um, but we have struggled in the past to overcome myths about the game, uh, meaning that, you know, that we're elite and, and only private, when in fact, you know, 70% of the golf courses in the country are daily fee. Uh, the average cost to play around a golf is, is $35. You know, I, I went to the movies the other day with my husband, and after popcorn and a Coke, you know, we were out uh, far, far more than that. Right. Um, so, you know, you know we, we hear constantly that this is a, a time thing um, for a lot of people. 
you know, I don't buy into that. You know, you can go out on a, on a putting green and, and putt for a half an hour and have a golf experience. You can hit uh, a bucket of balls uh, in a half an hour. You could play nine holes uh, versus 18. You can go to a top golf where we're seeing great engagement and, and proud to be partners uh, with top golf in a demographic that we've struggled to reach, uh, quite honestly. Right. And what we're doing now is looking to how do we get those people that wanted to try it and now have tried it and really are enjoying it from the, from the data that we've seen from Topgolf, how do we get them to try it uh, on a green grass space and, and integrate that? So we have PGA professionals now working at Topgolf. Uh, we have a programming like PGA Junior League Golf that's, that's getting the young children that have gone to a Topgolf uh, understanding where to start and how to start with a PGA professional. So, you know, we have, we have work to do, but we are really striving to do that work because uh, the game needs to look like our community. Yeah, so getting it out of, you know, the, the green grass environment and, you know, penetrating at places like uh, Top Golf, and, uh, you know, there's a, a lot of interest in simulators, especially on the half of the country that gets cold in the, in the winter. Um, a lot of these businesses are springing up where you can go even downtown in, in the cities uh, along the East Coast and go, you know, uh, play uh, a simulated game, you know, for an hour or so. I'm interested in that that um, link that you just mentioned, because um, this this is the, the part of it that's like not transparent to me. How do you get your membership, um, the PGA Teaching Professionals? sort of boots on the ground and interacting with the public in a way so that the public knows that, that these, these, these are teachers essentially. And, and, you know, it's, it's a, it's a noble profession and um, you know, there is all of this uh, opportunity to take, you know, young kids from all varieties of, of backgrounds and introduce them to the game and like discrete pieces that kids understand and that kids like, how do you get your, your membership connected with, with kids at, at that kind of um, crucial juncture? Yeah, we started a whole uh, campaign, a real PSA campaign, because there's, you know, in our marketplace, uh, there's often confusion about who we are and what we do as PGA yeah. professionals. We have 29,000 PGA professionals around the country, um, each of whom are, are, our mission is to grow the game uh, and, and to serve our membership. And our membership is incredibly diverse. We have coaches and teachers. We have executive managers. Uh, we have golf operators. We have people that work for manufacturing companies. We have people that work in communications and journalism that are PGA professionals, people who work in our section offices. Um, but to your point, uh, we're, we're showcasing kind of the journey of a PGA professional, um, which entails 800 hours of education, which really the public isn't aware of. And uh, as coaches uh, and teachers, we go through extensive training um, not only in the skills of the game, obviously, the mechanical skills of the golf swing, the physics of the golf swing, behavioral science of, of coaching um, and, and motivating and mentoring, uh, not only young people, but, but all, all ages as well. Um, but what we also do is we go through extensive training uh, for child development. Uh, we have a program now, um, the American Development Model, designed uh, in coordination with the United States Olympic Committee, the PGA Tour, the LPGA Tour, the USGA. Um, and Augusta National, where we've all come together to create a model of uh, long-term uh, development for any child uh, that really helps develop the whole child. So you have a spectacular athlete. Um, we have a track for that child, and we have a child that has never really been engaged in sport, but we want them to have a lifetime activity that's healthy and well, that they can do with family and, and have fun and, and be in a business environment and be able to accomplish that. 
you know, and we're incredibly proud of that. So getting that word out now is what our intention is. We're excited the PGA Championship is coming up. We're highlighting our PGA Junior League programs as our 80% of our professionals are kicking off their season. So people understand what that is and, and how to get their children involved. The great part about PGA Junior League is 80% of the children defined by their parents are brand new golfers that are playing in that. And, and to us at the PGA of America, that's incredibly exciting. Um, so, you know, we have drive, chip, and putt. We have girls' golf programs where there's 80,000 young girls now playing the game um, in those programs. So, you know, we have these programs, but to your point, um, we need to educate the public on, on who's coaching those programs, how talented and educated and certified those people are that are coaching those programs as PGA professionals, and that our hope is your child has the best experience possible for as long as possible, and, and we're, we're doing that all across the country. So that that's a great segue into one of the things I wanted to get your your views on. So you're uniquely positioned. You're 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 a teacher um, with a teaching background. You're a player with a deep and successful playing background, and you're now the, the head of an organization. You've been the executive at this organization. So you're you're kind of uniquely positioned to have thoughts on the effective use of technology and and especially um, social media. To, to kind of foster interest, to build interest. And I'm interested in, in your thoughts on, on how um, the organization thinks about, you know, putting that t- uh, tool to use to, to kind of build the momentum that you're describing um, with the youth programs. Yeah, so our, our first stage of that, and we've been working on it for about 18 months, our first stage of that, obviously, is to engage our PGA professionals. Uh, they go through a certification program in youth training development. Uh, we're calling it the ADM model uh, on a site called PGA.coach, which is an internal site for our PGA professionals. And once we have uh, far-spread engagement uh, through that and we have certified professionals in this long-term athletic development model, um, we are going to release a digital platform uh, coming up in January 2020 that we're building now to have a direct interface with the consumer, which we've never done in the past. We, we've never had a direct, uh, tangible relationship with a consumer other than our local PGA professionals at their facilities reaching out to that particular person that they engage with on a daily basis as a customer. Um, so for us, it, it's crucial. Uh, we, we don't want to be a uh, blockbuster. You know, we don't want to be a yellow taxi. We, we need to get out ahead of it, and we need consumers to be able to find us easily and accessibly with great programming that fits the consumer's needs, uh, offering a valued experience that the consumer wants, um, not just what we believe they want, but what we hear from them that they want. Uh, this will give us feedback. It will give us reviews. It will give us the opportunity um, to have our PGA professionals directly interact with that consumer um, digitally but as well as hopefully uh, at their facility. And um, we're excited about that. I, I, I can't wait uh, for us to, to have that finished and complete and, uh, and get the word out on the street that, you know, we can be the open table um, for golf. Is there any kind of organized platform um, at the PGA of America? Um, and I'm thinking of kind of like the, the grassroots influencing um, that I see on um, places like Instagram and Twitter, where folks that love the game post pictures of themselves or get, put out short vignettes of themselves enjoying the game, um, and and how that kind of translates into uh, you know a, a genuine enthusiasm among the folks that follow the people that that post those those pictures. 
Um, and I honestly, there's a, uh, I'm in the Washington DC area and there are a couple folks that I follow, um, that are PGA of America, uh, professionals. And I, it seems like, you know, they, I love the pictures that they take and the things that they post. And I just sort of wondered, is there uh, an organized, um, you know, way to get this messaging out that, that really tells folks about, you know, what, what's available. Yeah, so that, that's what we're doing. And no, we don't have that. That's why we're building this. That that will be 2020, uh, January, uh-huh. where our PGA professionals can load content. We'll have all sorts of resources and tools at a consumer's access where they don't have to Google 15 things to find something. <laughs> you know? yeah, right, that's what right, we're hoping right. to have and that they can find the PGA professionals. Currently, we have some PGA professionals who are incredible at branding, to your point. Um, Trillium Rose, right in the Washington, D.C. area. Right. If you're not following Trillium. She's a yep. fantastic follow. She's, she's our national instruction chair, um, doing an incredible job on this platform uh, for me and for our board of directors. Um, and so she's somebody that's right in your area that I encourage people to follow. But, um, you know, we, we certainly have PGA professionals that have done this on their own. And as an association, our PGA professionals, they're members. We, we, we don't employ them. Um, they, they have uh, the ability to do that singularly. But we know yeah. full well we need to offer a platform that gets their voice out in a much broader audience uh, that we have the ability to help them do, and that, and that's really the point for for January. That's great. I'm I'm excited to see some of the stuff uh, start rolling out. I you're absolutely right about um, Trillium Rose. Great, great follow here in Washington D.C. Um, so I want to talk a little bit uh, about previewing this upcoming PGA championship but i want to begin with where you just were you were just in south carolina uh the last couple of days at, at belfair which is the club that was hosting the professional players championship which is the opportunity for your members to all compete head to head and 20 of them the top 20 performers all get to go play in the in the PGA Championship, and it's honestly one of my favorite tournaments to watch on the Golf Channel because it, it's so relatable. Like these are you know, and 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 every time there's somebody from Washington or the the, the Mid Atlantic that I can root for, and the stories of of how these folks you know sort of made it up the ranks and got to be competitive this way, they're great stories, and and that the tournament is the opportunity, the professional players championship is the opportunity to like hear those stories. And then, you know, I re- you remember those stories when you watch the actual event and you're looking for those guys, uh, in, in the tournament, how was it down there? You were just there. Yeah, you should be excited. John O'Leary from the mid Atlantic, Sterling, Virginia. He's on his way to the PGA championship. I so, know. Uh, I he, love Johnny O. He, yeah. You got to pay attention to him, but, uh, yeah, our PGA professional championship is really our showcase member event. And, and what that means is only 312 PGA members qualify to participate. And as I said earlier, we have 29,000 members. So that in itself, yeah. just qualifying for that event is, is something pretty special because these people work each and every day. Uh, they have full-time jobs, but we pride ourselves on our games. We pride ourselves on the high level of play. Um, it's a differentiator for us as PGA professionals. We have a PAT to become a PGA professional, which means it's a playing ability test. Um, so, so we're really proud of that, and and we work hard on our games, even though we're also having other full time jobs. These twenty um, have exceeded uh, all expectations because they are now going to compete against the likes of Tiger Woods and Brooks Koepka and Phil Mickelson side by side on the range. 
Um, it's, it's a moment in time for these professionals that, that is not only well-deserved and earned, but um, an incredible opportunity for them to be on a stage that is astronomical. And of course, with Tiger coming off his master's victory, uh, Bethpage will be, <laughs> I, I, I can't wait to get there because it's just going to be for them uh, an amazing week and uh, so looking forward to following them and cheering them on. Well, I, I mean, I, I have to offer my congratulations. You've only been on the job six months, uh, barely six months, and, and you managed to get Tiger to win the Masters <laughs> and make th- this PGA Championship. Honestly, I, I, I mean, I don't mean to, to diminish any of the previous PGA Championships, but this particular <laughs> one at this moment in time with the embarrassment of riches of, of how great um, the players have been playing – and having it be up in New York, like, you know, b- less than an hour away from New York City, I'm, I- I'm bursting at the seams, Susie. I can't really contain my enthusiasm for this thing. <laughs> well, you know, and I, you know, all, all credit goes to Tiger, obviously. So what I'm going to say is not in any disrespect, but don't you think I didn't high five Seth Law after that putt? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I should have been a double high five and a hug. It's just incredible. Exactly. I mean, really, I mean, you know, thank you, Tiger. Uh, but, you know, you know, this this man, and it's been talked about so much, so I, I, I can't add anything else. But, you know, this is a, a, a man that didn't have to tee it up again, obviously. And, and for him to do what he accomplished in the manner he accomplished it and to – hold the torch again, uh, honestly, uh, moving forward for the game. Because when, when you have him in the mix, when you have him in the press, when you have him in the room, um, people have a buzz uh, about the game, including those that perhaps have never tuned in or watched, including sports fans who didn't think perhaps they'd be a part of golf, who now want to be a part of golf. So for us as PGA professionals, um, it is just a gift because we have an opportunity to reach a broader audience. Uh, and that's always what we're trying to accomplish. We're, our core customer is our best customer, but you know we're always trying to invite and open the game to more people. And, and Tiger helps us do that. And uh, we're we, we're cheering him on, obviously, at best age, um, and as we are everybody, uh, all our past champions and, and the PGA professionals. But um, this is a special one, to your point, and, and one that um, people aren't going to miss. People are going to be watching, and uh, it's exciting that we are. We are the next major on the calendar, that's for sure. Yeah, and and it's incredible sort of where we are in in Tiger's life because the lasting images and and to, you know, a great bit of what we just covered in the way of making the game interesting to, you know, uh non-middle-aged white dudes and, you know, making the the face of the game um letting folks whose eyes see Tiger and 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 particularly Tiger's kids standing on the 18th green and Tiger going up and giving those kids a hug, that makes sense to, to, to kids like my kid. And, you know, an eight-year-old yeah. who doesn't know anything about Tiger Woods, but he knows he sees those kids and he knows Tiger won the Masters and he knows from his dad that the Masters is an awesome tournament. So this is like a, a, the opportunity that is, is presenting itself with this beautiful good fortune with the PGA Championship, you know, in May. I have to tell you, having sort of processed it and, and thinking about it and now experiencing, experiencing it as we approach it, it, it feels like, why didn't this happen 20 years ago? It just feels like the right <laughs> place on the calendar for this tournament. 
Yeah, we look like rock stars, don't we? Yes. <laughs> but yes. I, will, I will tell you this, you know, to your point of uh, the the youth um, with Tiger. So I have a story for you. So I, I, I coach a, a, a ton of young golfers. And, you know, in my curriculums, I always have questions about who's your favorite golfer. And, and the last, you know, last four or five years, it's been, oh, Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, Ricky Fowler, never Tiger, right? And, right. you know, now I have a whole group of juniors who only want to talk about Tiger. And he has now impacted a whole new generation, to your point, of, of youth. And, and what a gift to all of us. Uh, that coach and teach to have um, these young children, boys and girls, uh, having so many people to cheer for and so many people that they can follow uh, inclusive of, of Tiger. It's just, it really is somebody who's standing on a tee uh, listening to the banter. It really is pretty incredible. Yeah. I, so I want to cover a couple of nerdy things that, that are sort of associated with the, with the move oh, great. to May. I'm a total golf nerd. <laughs> well, these are like sort of ancillary. So I love the moment, and this is part of of you know the comment I made. Like, how didn't why didn't this happen earlier? Um, on the TV calendar, it's a great time to have a, a championship um, fall where 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 the PGA Championship is falling because there are a lot of eyes on sports TV right now. And that's not always the case in August. I mean, August ends up being vacation time and, and, and you know, lots of folks, uh, especially on the East Coast, that August is like a, a month to just sort of detach from, from everything. And especially in this era where we're also connected to uh, every, you know, everything digital and, and our phones and the computers and everything, a lot of folks just want to disconnect altogether. And I wonder... Uh, well, I, I don't know whether or not that impacted, you know, um, enthusiasm for the PGA championship previously, but I know for sure that there are going to be a ton of eyes from the sporting public on this championship, in addition to the obvious galvanizing effect of, of Tiger on this. But just because fans of, of sports, it, it, they're watching television right now because it's the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs. Do you guys feel that? Do you do? Or is that the sentiment that you, you're experiencing? No, we do feel it. Now that was really part of our process. You know, the PGA Championship had bounced around quite a bit, and a lot of people talk about the fact we've always just been in August, but we really were kind of the bounced around major, other than perhaps the last seven years. Uh, but with the advent of the Olympics, uh, which we're thrilled to be a part of, uh, yeah. we knew we were going to get bounced uh, with the calendar for football. Uh, with the lengthened season in the fall series for the tour series, um, you know, it was, and with the weather, uh, honestly, you know, people forget that uh, of the last seven championships, six of them had delays. So, yeah. you know, it was brutally hot most places where we were, and um, you get thunderstorms that would roll in. Um, so, you know, for us, it, uh, really the primary reason that the board uh, really liked the best, though, was the fact that 80% of our PGA professional seasons kick in right now. And we have the opportunity to promote them uh, through the championship to promote them with the help of CBS, our partner for the PGA championship coming right out of Augusta. And, yes. uh, and that made a lot of sense uh, for the well-being of our members to have those eyes on is critical for us. And to your point, people are watching TV right now and um, we're, we're thrilled about that. It's not necessarily a TV. They may be watching on their phone or a tablet or sure, um, sure. in some, some capacity, but you know, people have eyes on, and, and that's critical for us to ensure that 
people understand who we are and what we do, but it's also a great cadence for the player. And, you know, Terry Haig, our chief championship officer, um, really uh, was huge and instrumental in this decision. Um, the players uh, like the cadence, the ones that we've actually spoken to. They can prepare in a way that they like to prepare. Um, we have a really nice, so here we go from, you know, Augusta National right to the PGA and go right into the U.S. Open and then the Open Championship. And to your point, August, I mean, I, we raised our children on the East Coast and the Northeast, and everybody's on holiday. People go away right. in August. And, um, you know, we're, we're thrilled with the decision. Obviously, Tiger winning uh, put an explanation point on the end of that. Uh, we just got a report from Kerry on, on Best Page. And uh, excited to say that he's happy with the progress of the grass and um, some of the things that they've accomplished there. Uh, you know, we have a director of agronomy up there, Andrew Wilson, and uh, the superintendent, Mike Hadley, have done an incredible job uh, making preparations for the golf course. You know, they've made a few few different tweaks and changes into their, their spring preparations for us, and, and those are going great. So um, they had a mild winter, uh, certainly lucky in that respect. Uh, in Long Island, but um, it, everything right now looks great, and uh, we can't wait uh, for the New York City fans to enjoy it. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned, um, you know, the shape that Beth Page is in, and the the thinking and all of the effort that's gone into preparing it for the championship. Because I have seen, you know, among um, you know the 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 golf commentariat, some uh, wondering aloud about does does this change in the calendar have the effect of eliminating certain golf courses from the from the potential PGA rota um and and you know what kind of challenges might we see with uh courses that are already slated to to um host the championship that are in the 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 northeast or or the, or the midwest uh and and I'm I'm thinking about it in a glass half full way I can't wait to see the challenge of these guys, you know, trying to compete in conditions that they're probably not that accustomed to. I think those courses, especially, you know, uh, Beth Page and Oak Hill, and uh, there's a couple others that are in the upcoming road of there. I just think it's going to be a, a unique experience because the guys are going to be playing it at a time that they're not accustomed to playing these, uh, you know, sort of previously. What do you think about that? Uh, no, I agree with you. I mean, you think about, you know, when. I mean, I certainly can't speak for A.W. Tilling hats, but <laughs> you think about when you designed the golf course, he, he, he most likely designed it based on uh, wind patterns, uh, weather patterns, uh, you know, and things that they wanted to get accomplished for the engineering of that. And um, certainly when they did a, a renovation, when Reese jo Jones did a renovation of the black course in 97 and 98, but when they played the, the championship in 02 there, um, you know, it was a very different time uh, right. this summer. And, yes. Um, you know, yes, Tiger won that championship, which I don't know if everybody knows that. That's pretty incredible. He's a, he's a winner on this golf course. He's a winner at Pebble Beach. Um, so, you know, you look at this calendar season of majors with him coming out right out of the mm -hmm. gate first. But to your point, um, my guess is, and again, I, I can't speak for the players, certainly, but my guess is their preparations are different uh, based on weather patterns, based on what they expect the temperature to be, based on what they expect the wind to be, um, shot making, uh, height of the rough, uh, all, all of that will, will come into play. But, you know, we all know they're the best in the world. They'll be ready. They'll be prepared. Um, but that page, regardless of month, is going to be incredibly challenging. 
Yeah, I, I love it. It's just a new challenge. It's a it's a bunch of variables that haven't been you know put into play before. So let's just see it. It's the these are the best players in the world. I'm psyched for it. Well, Susie, I am yeah. one of the the eighty percent with all this pent up you know golf energy. It's just finally started here in Washington. Get warm enough over the last it. few weeks to get the rounds in. I got to go find. I mean, John O'Leary is busy, so I got to go find my another uh, PGA professional to get my game and you know knock the rust off uh and, and start playing but uh congratulations on um the the presidency and and um congrats on putting on what's going to be an unbelievable championship um coming up and thank you for coming on the show today uh no i so appreciate it and you make sure you still call john you know he still has that full-time job he'll take you <laughs> i'll try and slide in between his practice sessions there you go thanks so much for having me thanks for all you do for the game Always. Thanks so much, Susie. All right. Enormous thanks to Susie Whaley for making time for us here on our little podcast. An awesome update on the state of the golf industry. Before we get to Schusty, speaking of the state of various industries, hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy. And you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash Roland. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job as applications come in. ZipRecruiter is analyzing each and every one. They're spotlighting for you, the top candidate, so you don't miss a great match. It's so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Very efficient right now. Listeners, a fairway rolling can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Roland. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash R-O-L-L-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash Roland. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Ladies and gentlemen, now on the tee from Minneapolis, Minnesota, the head pro at Cedar Home Golf and Aquatics, still trying to master her juicy Lucy, Megan Schuster. Hello, house. Welcome. Here we are. We're in Los Angeles, California, in each other's company. We're looking at each other eye to eye for once. It's amazing. It's a rare, rare blessing, but it does help us look together at This Week in Golf Social and share some mutual admiration and also some mutual laughs because there was some extraordinary uh, developments in golf social this week. But let's start with admiration first. The homie, Max Homa, I didn't have him as a pick. I know Verno didn't have him as a pick. I don't think anybody had him as a pick other than <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Homa. But what a great win. What a great story. Let's talk a little bit about Max Homa and his victory 
at the Wells Fargo this past weekend. Yeah, I mean, you, you said it. It was a feel-good story if there ever was one. He came into the Wells Fargo Championship at Quail Hollow having missed 43 cuts at 68 events in his career. Um, he's talked a lot about um, how he's had to push himself through that time, talking himself into like even just continuing to play, tricking himself mentally to like take the edge off the constant sort of disappointment that he's been feeling. Um, and... You know, prior to this weekend, he'd had just three top 10 finishes on the PGA Tour, two web.com wins. Um, and he actually dropped out of the PGA Tour just two years ago after missing 17 of 19 cuts, which is incredible. Like within two years to go from not even being on the tour to earning your first tour victory. Um, so it was just amazing to see him, you know, take down a leaderboard that included, you know, Rory McElroy, Justin Rose, Sergio, Ricky on Sunday. Um, just really impressive. Yeah, so um, one he he is eminently likable and well liked um, across the tour, and he is one of these guys who um, has really paid his dues. You mentioned, you know, how hard he's worked and his stick-to-itiveness, and that's a story that I believe is is common across the tour. It's like a, a a real testament to how competitive professional golf is and how you know, interchangeable the guys on the web.com tour are with the guys on, on the big tour in the sense that any given week, these guys, um, you know, there's, there's basically 300 guys that can win a golf tournament. Mm -hmm. Um, the incredible thing about Max Homa, uh, is he, uh, developed a relationship with our pals at no laying up, you know, sort of in, in the earlier stages. Now, Max Homa has a great um, Twitter account. He's and, an amazing follow. Yeah, he's, a, he's an <laughs> really fantastic. He's an awesome <laughs> follow. And and the No Laying Up guys um, did a podcast with him, uh, you know, a little, little while ago, I think back in like 2017, um, that was remarkable for its like um, sincerity. It's how earnest he was, how self-aware he was. And then they just recorded uh, another show with him. So uh, after you're done listening to this podcast, you can go check out uh, Max with the No Free Leg plug. Up Dudes. Yeah, well, why not? They're our homies. Mm -hmm. um, and, and uh, you know, the, the, the podcast stuff that he's done with those guys is great. But he, he's got an awesome... Um, Twitter uh, and and his you know the 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 thing he has right now that we went up first thing Sunday he realized he missed Game of Thrones on Sunday night <laughs> and then he asked everybody not to ruin it for him and then he's like yeah honestly I don't really care I just won yeah <laughs> so, I, th I think when you win you can uh, you can take Game of Thrones getting spoiled for you I did want to go through a very brief selection of a few of my favorite of his tweets please just, just to give everyone um, a little bit of sense of what you're signing up for if you give Max a follow um, last October he was tweeting about caddies and he said I don't use a green reading book because if I did I wouldn't be able to blame my caddy when I missed this is a yes which I, I was fully there for very shrewd um, he had a tweet about Tiger in March where he said, contrary to popular belief, golfers fist fighting on national TV for the world to see would not be good for our street cred. Tiger somehow got people to believe we're real athletes. Let's not ruin all his hard work, <laughs> which was just a great shout out to Tiger. Um, and then last one, uh, he said, the golf offseason is an interesting time because I want to get my game as sharp as possible and get prepared to win some tournaments. But also tequila sounds pretty good. 
I felt like that was a pretty relatable one. I agree with that. Tequila does sound pretty good. I'm actually going to play <laughs> some golf this afternoon out here in a chilly Los Angeles. What's Very going chilly. on? We need to turn the heat on out here. Yeah, it's, it's May in LA. Some weird weather patterns happening in yeah, LA. Yeah, I got, I got a sweater on, but I bet the tequila will help warm me up a little bit. I'm sure that, I'm, sure that will, that I'm, I'm rooting for that. <laughs> yeah, loosen up the swing too, probably. There we go. Swing oil. Um, speaking of swing oil, uh, you and I did not compare notes on this, but I want to make sure that we... Um, Give it a shout out. This week in No Fucks Phil, um, did you see the video of him? At, at, he's, they're in uh, uh, your hometown. They are. I did see that. Yes. I did, in fact. He's there to promote um, an LPGA event, I yes, believe. that's right. And they took a trip to the Twin Stadium, Target Field, and they let Phil do a little bit of batting practice. They sure did. Which is always a great idea. Yeah. Put, put a bat in Phil's hands 10 times out of 10. You'll get great content. I did also appreciate that uh, the—I only saw one video of it where it was not, like, selfie mode, him talking. Um, and it was extremely blurry, the actual footage of him hitting the ball. Yes. Which I don't know if that was, like, strategic to make it seem like he was hitting home runs or if it was just, like, shoddy camera camera work. But, yeah, it was it was very fun to see him uh, in my old stomping grounds. Well, wait. He, he did hit a home run. I mean, it would really require— the agreement of everybody standing around to have given the fake reaction. And uh, for him, for, for where we are um, with the lefty brand, now he bats left-handed, duh. And, right. and, and it, for a second, I had to like process my brain. Yeah, lefty hits lefty. <laughs> um, but his swing is is awesome. Mm-hmm. And he smoked one. And the reaction that everybody gave was like, that was a home run. Yeah. And he, you know, so he, of course, he posted it. He's hitting bombs. Still. He hits bomb. Anything you put a you put a weapon in his hands. <laughs> He'll going, hit a bomb he's with hitting it. hitting bombs. I mean, speaking <laughs> of Game of Thrones, I think uh, 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 Danny could use a little bit of Phil Mickelson help on, on, yeah. on this upcoming sequence of, of episodes. But uh yeah, he, he's, he just keeps doing it. He just keeps doing it for us. Yeah, he really does. He's he's on a really just amazing tour this year. And <laughs> the fact that he did this at a baseball stadium, too, was just just incredible. I mean, incredible literally stuff. hero ball. And, and just <laughs> keep going, Phil. Don't stop. No. Don't stop. Can't no, stop. No. Won't stop. Please, You want to end up with a social media belt at the end of this year. He's got to— Got to keep it rolling. He's in a comfortable lead, but yeah, he's got to keep it rolling. Speaking yes. of the social media belt, Brooks Kepka decided he wanted to make an appearance <laughs> this most recent week. A, a pretty epic appearance at that, I will say. Um, golf has been blessing us with many feuds this season, House. Um, and this latest one may be the spiciest. Um, I don't I don't know if I'm comfortable saying that for certain, but it's, <laughs> it's definitely progressing on that. So this was started off by Brandel Shambly, who starts many of my favorite golf feuds. Um, He's really been on one already this season. And in the latest instance of him stirring up trouble, he made a podcast appearance recently where he was asked if Tiger Woods in his current state is the best golfer in the world. And to answer that question, Brandel went down the rabbit hole of who he thinks could keep up with him. He listed pretty much only two options, uh, those being Dustin Johnson and Rory. Now, This didn't really, at first, seem like an overt slight at Brooks, even though I would personally have him very high on my list. Um, But Brooks and Brandel have a bit of a history. Mm. Um, Brooks infamously went on a diet and workout regimen in advance of his appearance in ESPN's The Body Issue. And his weight loss has had an effect on his game, something that he himself confirmed. You know what else it had an effect on? (laughs) What was that? My wallet. (laughs) I I really liked him for the Players' Championship, and I didn't know that he was— 
dipping cheeseburger. So I'm not happy about that. No, but, but, no. Uh, you know, I've made my peace with it. Yeah, yeah. It was tough stuff. Um, Brandel has not made his peace with that choice. <laughs> he has not. Um, not at all. At the Masters, he made some fiery comments about the weight loss, calling it, and this is probably my favorite quote of the golf season so far, quote, the most reckless self-sabotage I've ever seen of an athlete in his prime. Which, can you imagine saying that? I, it's it's an incredible <laughs> statement. I mean, you, you really have to be um, very comfortable with your position in that particular industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's some Stephen A. level shit Truly. right there. That, it's, it's top notch. Truly. Uh, just, flaming. just amazing stuff. Yeah. Um, so Brooks, of, of course, as he's wont to do, took offense to that comment, which I don't blame him for. That was incredible. Um, and so when he was left off of Brandel's list, uh, he fired back by tweeting a photo of Brandel with a Photoshop clown's nose over his face. Yeah, so I love some of the stories that have come out since where um, Brooks confessed that he didn't catch the the, the podcast. It's the podcast that Brandel does with um, Jaime Diaz uh, at the at the Golf Channel. And um, always a, a, a decent listen. Um, those two are, are extraordinarily knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandel knew exactly what he's doing by leaving Brooks out. And somebody in Brooks' circle um, caught wind of it and mm-hmm. called it to his attention. And Brooks confessed that, you know, they have a text string uh, of like a dozen dudes and somebody <laughs> in that string, you know, created this image and Brooks was like, that, that's that got to go up. Yeah. I mean, it was a giant clown nose. Giant. Yeah, so it was, it was pretty good. Now, it they was didn't not put the, subtle. The hat, the hat on it and they didn't, they didn't you know, uh, uh, put any floppy shoes on Brandel. Mm-hmm. But the nose really uh, conveys the message. And, and you know, for a guy whose Twitter feed consists almost entirely of Nike and Michelob Ultra, yeah. both of which have their place, <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong, but, uh, you know, this this thing out of left field, just keep doing you, Brooks Kepka. I'm into it. I'm really into it. And, you know, for a guy who takes so many, like, minor perceived slights and blows them out of proportion. I think it was nice for him to actually have a real slight to complain about on social media. Well, it does advance the cause. I'm looking up his odds right now um, to win the PGA Championship. I I don't think they're great odds in the sense that they're odds that I want to bet him at. Mm -hmm. But, like, he's in form. All of the uh, ill effects of that diet, um, he's he's over it. His performance at the Masters was— you know, right there at the major uh, championship winning level. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, all he did was make a mistake on 12, like, you know, 10,000 professional golfers on Sundays, <laughs> you know. And countless amateurs. Per, per, you know, and... with, with, well, with the opportunity to win the Masters in the balance, he got to 12 and, and you know, knocked one in the water. That's mm-hmm. uh, happened. So he's 12 to 1 odds. I'm not playing him at those odds. Yeah. But um, he is definitely a guy on all of the short lists to win this tournament because when you win, you know, uh, three out of the last, you know, five majors, three out of the last six majors, you, you got to be up there. And he came very, very close to uh, the master. So um, it's nice to have him with the extra fire coming into this week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think we have one last topic to talk about today. Let's hit House. it. Let's hit it. And this one is a little bit... Uh, not quite social media, but um, similar enough that I think we can throw it in there. Uh, last Wednesday, Bubba Watson went on the Dan Patrick show to talk about a 
particularly sensitive topic to himself, and that is his texting exchanges with Tiger Woods, or lack thereof, I guess we could say. Um, So Dan on the show asked Bubba if he has Tiger's number and whether Tiger actually responds to Bubba's texts. Bubba hesitated after the last part of that question, which of course Dan jumped on, and that led to Bubba admitting that Tiger has blocked him not once, but multiple times, (laughs) many, many times, um, and basically revealing that Bubba is an incredibly obnoxious texter. He said, basically, the only reason that he tries to make Ryder Cup and President's Cup teams anymore is because Tiger's usually involved either as a player or a vice captain. And that's how he gets uh, Tiger's new numbers because Tiger changes them very frequently, which I thought was just uh, quite quite the admission from Bubba. Well, it's, it's, it's loaded, right? So obviously, Tiger needs to change his phone number probably once every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the oversight there uh, that led to the publication of, you know, he and his girlfriend at the time, Lindsey Vaughn, in some compromising kind of photos. I think, you know, you only want to learn that lesson the hard way once. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, he may change that number more frequently than once every two weeks. Um, but I also just can't get enough of Thirsty Bubba. <laughs> I mean, Thirsty Bubba craving that validation from Tiger. Now, the one thing I will say to Bubba's credit, if there's anything to be thirsty about, it is his desire to be included in these team events, mm-hmm. in the President's Cup, on the Ryder Cup. And, you know, he's he's uh, had a sufficiently sustained level of play that he's around the hoop. You know, he's, yeah. he's sort of, he's always in the discussion for those teams over the last, you know, six to eight years. Uh, and he's been on plenty of Ryder Cups. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so uh, it makes sense that he would be in contact with Tiger Woods. Um, it seems like he's only thirsty when it comes to, to to Tiger, though, looking for that validation from Tiger. Yeah, yeah. He, de- he did not mention anyone else that he has issues with. Um, and he basically said that he goes out of his way to bother Tiger every time he gets a new number. He said he sent him pictures of water bottles before, just like random texts at all hours of the day and night. So it certainly seems like he brings it upon himself. Um and Tiger, he said, has explicitly asked him to stop before. So, <laughs> so that's uh, that's something. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of can't stop, won't stop, it doesn't seem like right. that bubba's exactly wired that way. No, no, no. Uh, not the best way to build team camaraderie, I wouldn't think. But you know, I'm not in those text chains, so I can't really say. Tiger knows it's out born out of love. Yeah. It's out of it's, <laughs> yeah. out, it's out of Bubba's love and desire to be to be Tiger's friend forever. Yeah, love, obsession, all kind <laughs> yeah, of folded right. into Stalker, one. Stalker. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Exactly. Okay. Well, I think we've done it. Uh, mm-hmm. This is a good one in in the run up to next week's uh, PGA Championship of America at yes. Bethpage Black. And you know, one thing I'm looking forward to. We touched on it briefly the last time in the run up to the Masters. I, I'm I'm excited to look at the close mm-hmm. because you know what? Being that close to New York City, I hope some fellas are motivated to to show a little crackle. Mm-hmm. I want to see a little spark. I want to see something that shows off some some of that, you know, that the the proximity to New York City has has some dudes. Now a lot most of them are gonna be straight down the middle. Yeah. But I want to see a little flavor, a little flair. I do too. I, I was I gotta say a little bit disappointed with the showing at the Masters. There were a lot of color overlaps from a variety of uh 
sort of golf fashion houses, if you will. Nike mm. had a lot of the like lavender tones. Adidas went. There was a lilac on there. Yeah. And they Adidas went lilac day. Leaned really into like the grays and the greens, which is just not original enough. Like you're on a golf course, we get it gray and green, easy. But. Uh, I, too, am hoping they get a little bit bolder with their color choices. Yeah. Now, a lot of folks will wait for the U.S. Open and the U.S. Open in Pebble Beach. I don't know if that lends like a Northern California kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. If that is some, you know, I could imagine somebody like uh, Billy Horschel trying to vibe sure. with his, uh, I think he's RLX. He's Ralph Lauren RLX, I'm pretty sure, um, is right. what he rocks. But, yeah, there's a there's an opportunity here. So don't, don't disappoint us, guys. Mm-hmm. Let's step up to the plate. We'll see it this week, and we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. Thanks, Shusty. Sounds Shusti. great. Thanks. All right, my thanks as always to Schusty. Before we get to Verno, quick word from CBS Sports HQ. Podcast peeps, do you miss when sports networks cover just the news and highlights without all the yelling and fake debates? I know I do, and that's why I'm watching CBS Sports HQ. What is CBS Sports HQ? It's free. It's a 24-hour sports network. It's built for fans like you and me. I'm loving I get the highlights, the analysis, and the instant game reactions. Everything that matters about the game without going into the politicals and the socials like on other sports networks. If you enjoy placing some bets, allocating a little capital perhaps, or competing against your friends in a fantasy league, the CBS Sports experts are always dishing out their top picks and advice and helping you and me both collect some W's. Check out CBS Sports HQ. It's always on and always free. No need to pay a subscription fee or have an expensive cable package. Just download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Fire TV, your Roku, or your Apple TV, and start watching today. Ladies and gentlemen, now on the tee from Memphis, Tennessee, the assistant to the assistant at Snowman Country Club, lead importer of Gus's Fried Chicken, welcome Chris Vernon. Hey yo! What up, Verno? <laughs> Alex, it's great to talk to you again. And hopefully, I have done my best. I remember when we were leading into the Masters and we were attempting to focus on the job at hand. Um, I must tell you that when I was trying to do all the Byron Nelson research, I ended up veering off completely into the Beth Page Black stuff, fell down a total wormhole. But I've, do, I've done my best with the Byron Nelson picks. Um, but I'm already, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm in PGA Championship mode. Well, you and I share the, suffer the same affliction. The, this is a, it's a real disservice to, to Mr. Byron Nelson and to the Trinity Forest Golf Club. And, and, you know, it's just unfortunate the way the schedule worked out. I like watching this tournament last year. They had their maiden voyage at Trinity, Trinity Forest last season and it's an it's a Lynx uh, golf course uh you know right near Dallas that Jordan Spieth it's his home course he describes it as American Lynx which means you know the ball will go forever it, the, the guys were dri- uh averaging over 290 uh drive wise driver length um but you have to approach the greens 
in the air, but there are these gigantic greens. And, you know, so there's not a, like a ton of data to help us uh, figure out picks for this event. But, um, you know, the real, it's, it's an appetizer leading into the main course. And, and sometimes you just, you know, you're eating the appetizer with your eyes on the main course. And that's what happened in this week. Well, I'm glad you brought up his name. Okay. So, obviously, the speed stuff has been a bad deal. Do, do we believe in the overwhelming power of the home force? No. In a word, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm... I'm he, that not even not even playing in the place he's most comfortable in the world, possibly, is enough to, to change us from what we have actually seen results-wise from Jordan Speed, really outside of the mask. We just don't have enough information about where his head is at. And his problem is that six All inches. Right. You know what I mean? So I don't, while, while it's rational to anticipate that the comforts of home would create for him a, a mental safe space that would allow him to perform in a way where he could turn off his brain like we've seen him do and go incandescent hot on some of these, you know, when he's won major championships, uh, the British open being the most recent example and the one where he, he, you know, he was, uh, there was a challenge that was put in front of him and then he birdied five of the last six holes. Uh, but I, I just, we don't have any, any evidence that, that uh, the mess inside those six inches has been cleaned up. And so hey, you ready for this? I'm rooting for him. You ready for this? Talk to me. No, you ready for this? You know who he is? He's the Celtics. <laughs> we know, we know that if he put it all together, like whatever the ceiling is, right? And you remember, like we saw in the middle of the year, they went to Golden State and everybody was all down on them. And we saw like when they moved the ball and had 30 something assists and locked down on defense, we know they can be amazing. They can, but like it like never happened. It, it it didn't happen. Well, so Steve, we know he can, he could, but it just doesn't happen. I don't know. Well, can 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 he can his fix be the same as the Celtics? Is he going to be able to get Kyrie Irving out of his head? I have no idea. That's the but fix for the I Celtics. Well, the other thing that's hard for this one, the other thing that for hard for this one is. Sometimes when you are that tournament right before the majors, if these guys aren't playing all that well leading into it, then they're kind of kicking, right? And they'll just say, ah, let me just go ahead and start preparing for that. Yeah, I'm talking about the guys that have enough money already, right? Yeah, yeah. That, that could be Brooks Kepka. Oh, yeah. No, it used to happen at the tournament in Memphis for years. I mean, I've seen guys go out and just, I've seen Phil do it one year. I saw Dustin Johnson do it one year where they're like, you know what? It's too damn hot out here. I ain't going to be in the top 10 anyway. So let me just go ahead and get ready for that tournament tomorrow. Yeah, they and go you ahead. get some guys that'll pull, they'll get pulled, they'll pull out of it with some kind of, you know, fake injury, or they'll just kind of, you know, maybe just barely miss the cut and they'll go ahead and get started on their preps for next week. So, but your hope is the best guys of this field or at least in it on that leaderboard on the last day. Well, and I, I, we're going to get to our picks of the week. There are some interesting names, and it is, uh, you know, it's a field that lets, you know, perhaps another guy come out of left field. I mean, last year Aaron Wise won the, won the uh, 
the maiden voyage. Um, and, and just this last week, we are reminded of the, um, how, how even the talent is across the, the, the tours, plural, the web.com and the PGA tour. Cause the homie Max Homa looked at, at, a, at a terrific, a, a major championship level field and took them all down with unbelievable play over rain delays, over, you know, two days that took uh, 42 out of the 48 hours. It felt like they were on the golf course and he stared them all down and, and, you know, goes from, from, you know, world ranking in the, in the seven hundreds last year. And, and he's at the top of the world this week. So that there's a nice opportunity with this tournament where um, you might see another guy come out of left field that way. But before we get to our picks, let's do this week in Tiger Woods. Tiger! Tiger! Tiger Woods! <laughs> so, Verno, the, the Tiger Tour continues. And by Tiger Tour, I mean he is engaged in a lot of activity that doesn't have anything to do with golf course preparation, it, it seems. Now, I did see a story that suggested that he took his uh, giant yacht uh, named Privacy that they they sailed that that uh, vessel from you know the 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 east coast of of Florida there on up to to Long Island and privacy has been residing out there at the end of Long Island affording Tiger all the comforts of, of home you know it's basically a, a, a floating hotel with his entire you know all all the people that he he needs in his own support network uh, living in in his private hotel there. Um, the 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 boat at the end of Long Island, and then he just jumps in the car and heads on over to Beth Page. And I've been I've been hearing that he's getting his reps in at Beth Page. What have, what have you been hearing? Uh, I heard that he went to the White House and he got the <laughs> Congressional Medal of Freedom. Right? Yeah, he I mean, did. That was, that was everywhere yesterday. And I listen. I don't want to turn this into a political show. I know everybody gets so hot and heavy about anything the least bit that has to deal with politics whatsoever. But it was, I mean, at least on my end, am I, you know, disappointing to see, you know, he obviously got emotional about it. Yeah. The medals hanging around and whatever. But by virtue of the guy standing next to him, which I don't even want to say polarizing, I mean, because it's obviously beyond that. Yes. Uh, the emotions that it, it, it brings out. Like, what do you want the guy to do? You want the guy to turn down the professional, uh, you know, the, <laughs> the medal of freedom? Like, it, it was one of those moments where, you know, Sports and I suppose politics, if people want to turn it into politics, even though it's not necessarily a political award, uh, collide. And by virtue of who's in the White House, it like got a lot of blowback towards him. Uh, I guess for what? Like accepting the award? Like I didn't, I, I didn't particularly understand it. Um, but I understand that that's kind of the country we're living in right now. And so any image of him standing next to, Donald Trump is going to elicit, you know, strong responses uh, from either side. But that was that was the news he made this week. Yeah. And obviously an honor that he cherishes greatly. I mean, he got emotional about it. And there's been amazing sportsmen, uh, entertainers, et cetera, that have been given this award. Uh, it's a shame that it turned into who gave him the award rather than the award he was given. Um, but again, that's the world we live in right now, but congrats to him for winning the award, you know, cause it's, that's something, that's something that is truly forever. You know what I'm saying? There's only 
so many people on the planet that have that award. And uh, it's a great honor. So for the purposes of his redemption story, it, it's it's incredible, right? I mean, in, in some respects, it, it could be the capper to uh, his reemergence and and uh, his 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 ascendance, his reascendance back to the very top of the sport and the industry, and in terms of his impact on making the game of golf more accessible to more people across the world. You, there's no denying it. There's no diminishing it. Now, the complicating factor is he has a, like you know a resume that includes business dealings with the president of the United States, and his resume includes him playing golf with the president of the United States. So if you if you if you do not like the current president of the United States, this this uh, history that Tiger has with that president is going to um, you know not leave a good taste in your mouth. But the the purpose of of the award and the um, to to me the proper thing to celebrate is what he represents in terms of taking wow. a sport that was, that's an insular sport and an elite elite sport, you know, previously an exclusionary sport and making it more of an open kind of sport. I feel, I feel like I'm a little different than, um, I, I, unfortunately I think I've become more different as the years have gone on, but I have always done a rather uh, good job. I have felt, and one of the things I, I feel like I have excelled at personally is being able to separate whatever somebody thinks about divisive topics and why I like them, right? Whether that is musicians or whether that is athletes or whether that is my friends and my family, right? Yeah. <laughs> Even people that I love that I'm close to, I don't agree with right. about things. Things that, things that can seemingly make strangers hate each other I've not been able to make me hate the people that sometimes I'm closest to. So I couldn't care less what kind of dealings Tiger Woods has had or anybody else. And I know other people feel differently, but like I just long ago separated real Mike. I like watching him play sports, right? I don't particularly care what, no matter what Tiger thinks about things, I don't really care. Yeah. You know, he's not going to, particularly affect my opinion either way. Now to the bringing people to the game thing, Miles, um, let me just say this. I happened to go to this driving range, a local driving range uh, yesterday, and they had installed one of these. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but these top tracker devices. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love this. I love this. Okay. Okay. So it's amazing, right? And it's like, by, I guess the people that made Top Golf, uh, they're the ones that bought this company. And basically, they set it up at the driving range, and you can test you know, uh, how far you hit all of your clubs, and you can play these different games on it. And you can even play like, Glass or Pebble Beach or whatever, uh, virtually on this range. It's really, really cool. Anyways, that's not my my point. Is as I'm talking to the general manager at this driving range, he was talking about we were talking about young people, and I was talking to him about how like the fashion thing and golf has become a big deal. And I was like, uh, and he brought up that you know they did all these studies about, and it's one thing you and I haven't mentioned about top ball. Mm-hmm. And about how many people go to Top Golf that are not golfers per se, but then become interested in and become players in actual golf, and the numbers were unbelievable. And then I brought up uh, 
one. It certainly doesn't hurt about Tiger winning the Masters. And he said, you wouldn't believe it in terms of the bump that you just get. And listen, I don't live in, in a city like Memphis. This is not uh, the uh, th- this is not the city of affluence. Our poverty level is very high. Et cetera. There's all kinds of programs trying to get people that couldn't typically afford sports like golf involved in golf. Um, but even like this driving race, which is not an expensive driving race to go to whatever, in between number one top golf and then the fact that he brought that up, right? That the bump that they have gotten even since and with the tiger stuff happening again, you know, I think we, I think we, I, I had wondered if it would have an impact like it did on guys our age, you know, where you really wanted to play yep. and you kind of grew up with tiger. Yes. And the answer is yes. Like they're already seeing an uptick in people wanting to play because of, those things. Yeah, well, you know who's going to love hearing that anecdote? Our guest on today's show, the president of the PGA of America, Susie Whaley, and she and I talked about, you know, quite a bit of of that kind of impact and, you know, what the PGA of America is doing and thinking about in terms of making the game more interesting and, and uh, you know, trying to pull in um, new entrants that come from walks of life that aren't middle-aged white dudes. I said, you know, I said to her, you you have me on lock. I'm a middle aged white dude. You got you got me and and my folks. You know, covered coming and going. How are we going to get young people? How are we going to get people of of different walks of life interested in the game? How do we get women in, involved in the game uh, interested? And we talked about that top golf opportunity, non green grass opportunities, and you know we both shook our head at at the amazing draw that Tiger Woods is and and what a great moment um, with the PGA Championship coming right on the heels of the Masters and and the the Tiger being at the very tippy top of everybody's lips and in in top top interests um, you know what kind of impact that that can have and when I come by this honest like this isn't for the show you know when I was on with you right after the Masters I told you I drug my son who's nine years old into the room for the end of the masters. And I said, you're going to, I said, I promise you there's going to come a day where you're going to say, I saw that, you know, and I want you to be able to say, I saw that. And, and he, by the time this thing was over, he understood the significance of what was taking place yep. uh, as much as he could. But I would tell you, I, I belong to a golf course. He knows his dad plays golf. He sees golf stuff around the house. He has asked me more times since that masters and tiger winning that masters, to either get him lessons or could he go out there with me and every other time, I mean, I mean the last three years combined, what? he's never asked. He's never asked to learn about it. Like he isn't, it's just kind of like, that's the thing that dad does, but he's never like had any kind of interest in it, yep. but he has since then. And so that's real. Like that is real. It's not because I, there ain't nothing I'm doing different. I'm not asking him to come out or whatever. He's, He's now asking if he can learn how to play. And I, it's a hundred percent because of that day yeah. pulling him in there and him watching that. Well, hopefully he's got a little bit of envy as well. He saw those beautiful Callaway apex 19 in smoke Man. that arrived at your head. We, we, I don't know if they make those, those, uh, the smokes in junior, but we can definitely get some Callaway apex, the number one irons in golf and in, in, into the, into the young man's hands. And, and let's really build on that momentum. You hear what I'm saying? I took those out to the course and everybody I played with, uh, you know how like sometimes they'll like peek through your bag. Yeah. Everyone, they saw them. They saw the, 
sun was glistening <laughs> off what appeared to be 14 black pearls. Yeah. In my bag. That's right. It was like, it was like, wait, does he have, what, is this guy bring black pearls out to the course? I mean, they shine. Those things are honestly the most beautiful golf clubs, really, truly. Yeah, and I can hit them. Well, that's that's the most important part. I'm glad to hear you yeah. uh, add that part in. I'm glad you can hit them because that's 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 the part yeah. that we. I mean, they, we we want to look good, but we also want to play good. Well, you always read all this crap about oh, it's so forgiving, it's so forgiving. Like again, this is my real life. This isn't an ad. <laughs> like yeah, you. It is infinitely more forgiving than the clubs I had. A miss hit still goes far. Yeah. Right? It's still, I still have a chance. Like, uh, the miss hits, so many times, like, they might be off to the right or they might be off to the left, but they've got the distance. Like, there's there's enough room for it to make contact instead of, with my clubs that I had for so many years, if I miss it, it's a flat shank. You know what I'm saying? I understand. It ain't going straight. I know. It's not going straight. Yeah. And so I always read about like forgiveness, forgiveness, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'm maybe I'm so bad that nothing can be forgiving, but like honestly, I think that these like it truly does live up to. <laughs> yeah. I don't hit it clean every time, house. So I need something that it will still go the direction I need it to when I miss it. <laughs> We're going to try and hit hit one clean right now. We will go ahead and make our, our Epic Flash pick of the week, Epic Flash, uh, brought to us by Callaway. This is the, the driver with flat, flash face technology. You're talking about forgiveness. This, this uh, flash face technology was created by using artificial intelligence and machine learning to promote faster ball speeds. That helps the distance that you're talking about, Vernal. I know we're talking about your irons, but the same is true of this beautiful driver. Epic, the Epic Flash driver by Callaway continues. Its dominance, the most worldwide driver wins on the professional tours, including just this past weekend, another non-staffer won a, 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 a playing the Callaway Epic Flash down there uh, at the Insperity. Um, that was on the on the Champions Tour. So uh, let, let's talk a little bit about um, the, the contenders for this week's uh, Byron Nelson. I have two names in mind, and one of them I think you, 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 you're going to agree with. You may even have this name in mind. Uh, what, what are you thinking about in terms of a winner for, for the, uh, Byron Nelson? Okay, so number one, I think it's the lowest odds I have seen from a guy. I'm not sure. I saw it kept to 550 this morning, and I was like, what in yeah, the hell? I know. I mean, I don't think I've seen anybody that low. That is ridiculous. Yeah. I I see him at seven, but still, that's still okay. way too low. I'm not saying he's not going to win the tournament, but, uh, yeah, no, it was actually a guy I know at work. Um you know, they got these uh, casinos with sports books down in Tunica. It's about 40 minutes from where I am. And so he grabbed, like, I guess, like the William Hill sheet. Yep. And that's what he was asking oh, me about. Okay. And I saw the William, and I guess that's where I saw the 550. And I was like, what in the world? <laughs> so anyway, when I first looked at it, my, uh, my initial reaction, okay, so number one, my guy Keith Mitchell, he did come through where he played really well yes, this past weekend. He and he's in this one again. Yes. But just let me get this out of the way. Much like Harold Varner III, I'm going to have a little on Keith Mitchell every week just because now he's my guy. 
Well, look, right, so. this is a good week to do it, and he's one of my picks for this week. So we can just go ahead and oh. – he. well, he has credentials. He finished T3 here last year, the first time they ever played on this venue. Uh, he, he, he had a top 10 last week. T3 is a rookie on this very golf course, and he uh, – let, let me see here. He has one other element to his resume that makes me like him very much. Oh, he, he led the field in proximity to, 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 the, to the pin – Last year at this venue, so he's available right now on on some books at thirty five to one. He's available in my book right now thirty to one. Keith Mitchell is one of our picks this week, Verno. Okay, okay. Well, then let me give you two others. Go ahead. One is obviously uh, Leishman. He has yep. a fifty four hole lead. That's last correct. Year, right? That's right. Yep. Set up well for him. He played great there last year. So we'll go Leishman. He's like he's got five top tens this year. Yes, and, he, and we know he was good on this course. Yeah. So that and and his number is not anemically low. We're still getting pretty good odds. Twenty eight to one on my book. Twenty eight to one right now yeah, on Mark good. Leishman. Very good. All right, and the other one is another one that you picked before. I know you like this guy, Charles Howell the third. Oh, I um, love it. Yeah, he's fifty to one. He was top ten last year, and. He was second in strokes gained, a stat that you love. You're you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, but there you go. You got fifty. Uh, you got fifty to one. He's worth a crack in what is not a insanely strong field. So we'll go Leishman. I get that a good odds. Uh, Charles Isle the third. That's long odds, and then obviously I'll have something on Mitchell with you too. Boom! There we go. Those are three winners. I love this. This is bad for people. I really love those three <laughs> names this week. So, but we, we 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 we'll we'll see how we do. Just just understand everybody that this, these these three are at the very top. I I couldn't uh, like that slate anymore, and I love the odds that we're getting them at. All right, Verno, we're back next week. We're gonna we, we, it will be PGA Championship week. We will be giving out some real genuine winners for the second major of the season. I can't wait, my friend. My man, I can't wait either. And uh, go show them how to golf in Los Angeles. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to be swinging uh, for the fences. I know that much. Thanks, buddy. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, man. All right, my Eagle enthusiasts. There we go. Special note next week. It is a major championship week, which means we are delivering to you some major golf content. Of course, we're going to be up on Monday previewing the storylines of the week. Alan Shipnuck is going to join us again. Verno will be on. We'll do our picks of the week. And, of course, Schusty will be on with all of the latest golf social news. And then Wednesday's show, uh, we were fortunate enough uh, with the Masters to have Justin Ray from 15th Club come on. We're working on him to come on again. And, of course, our beloved Harry G will come on to give some picks. We're going to give some some real angles to help you allocate your capital going into the kickoff of the event on Thursday. And then on Sunday, a reaction and recap show. I can't say for sure sure who the guest is going to be, but I know for sure that Chris Vernon's coming on and we we will be hopefully celebrating some of those picks as opposed to licking our wounds. Lots of great stuff coming up next week. Until then, let's hit them straight, my friends.
This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. 